0: It's going back and forth on the translations to use because, you know, it affects the, the title of the message. And, and if you use the translation that says, uh, he was with the flock, then you could title the message, what the flock? <laughs> and if you go with the translation uh, that says sheep, then you could say some other things about sheep, about being with the sheep and being in the sheep. And how sheepy it is out there. And you could just keep going. All the sinners are laughing. I laugh. It's okay. It says that he was with the flock, that he was out with the sheep. This series that we're talking about, oh, God establishing our lives, our, our hope uh, is that like David did when he got to the place when he was... Uh, put on the throne of Israel uh, in the middle of his life. the age of 37, he was established. It said that he realized uh, that God had established and exalted him for the sake of the people, and it's our hope, it's our prayer uh, that through this series that we will learn what it is to be established so that when we get to the end of a season of our life, we get to the end of high school like a bunch of people just uh, did uh, this weekend. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, We get to the end of college uh, like some of you are still trying uh, for the last 12 years, and you're not doctors, so Don't brag about the degree that you don't have. So, like, yeah, I I go to school. I had eight years, eight years of college. I'm like, oh, you must be a doctor. No, (laughs) nothing good comes after that. (laughs) When you get to the to the end of a season, end of a job, end of a career, ultimately at the end of your life, where you can get to the place and you look back, and you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God established your life, that, that, that you walked in the path you were supposed to walk, that you, you did it the way you were supposed to do it. You accomplished the things that he called you to accomplish, and you look back, and you know that it was God that established your life. That's, that's the heart of this whole series, and we're looking through David's life. Uh, and, and when we start talking about things like this, there, there's something that comes up all the time. Something that comes up quick, and, and especially even with the last series we did, um, uh, you know, in the last message of the series, especially being faithful with the clarity of God, uh, we start to get a lot of feedback, and we get feedback all the time from messages and sermons and, and stuff from Wednesday. Good, sometimes it's really good, sometimes it's not really good, and I just usually forward those on to other people, uh, and Pastor Jordan won't read my complaint. I won't, actually, not at all. i focus on positivity and pass the negativity along to other people who handle it better than I do. <laughs> You need to thank God that i didn 't handle your email in some ways uh, i 'm just kidding <laughs> it 's a joke um, it 's filled with truth, so uh, what we do we, we get a lot of feedback, we get a lot of stuff and and, and, and one of the things that, that has shown up a lot and i and I felt in my heart that it would, and it was one of the words, really, one of the ideas that, that God really placed on my heart for this very message at the series is when you start talking about being faithful with clarity and you start talking about crossing the river and you start talking about God establishing your life, uh, very, very, very quickly, uh, especially if you grew up in church or if you grew up in a really religious family uh, and, and there's a lot of guilt in your life and your view of God is kind of through that lens, um, or you know, you talk a lot about wisdom or, or uh, God's will or God's plan, it, for most of us, most of us in many seasons, in many times in our life, uh, if we're honest with ourselves, we get to a place where we realize, you know, this probably wasn't God's ultimate best desire plan for my life. And we start talking about being faithful with clarity. We, we, we open up uh, in the message, we open up to ourselves. And we you know, so yeah. You know, God was very, very clear uh, with, with where I wanted to go or, or where he wanted me to go and what I was supposed to do. And I wasn't faithful with that five years ago or I wasn't faithful with that 10 years ago. I know that the Lord was taking me one way and I went a different way. Uh, and, you know, and, and, I, and I know now that I'm on the other side of a divorce. I know uh, one way or the other that that probably wasn't God's will and God's plan uh, to go through a divorce. I know that it wasn't my plan. It wasn't I doubt it was really God. Plan for the kids uh, that I gave birth to to be living in a different household. I, I know that, that, that as I was going through and in my walk with the Lord, I know that uh, the career that I'm in, and I, I've just been in it so long now, I know that this probably might not be a part of the plan. I, I, and I just feel like there's a disconnection between where I'm at, uh, in between what God wants to do or where God is or God's plan or God's will however you want to say that there's a disconnection sometimes we point back to just decisions that we've made in life that at the time didn't seem like a bad decision but it resulted in us taking on a lot more debt than we thought or it resulted in our financial situation being heavily changed or it resulted in us you know taking a promotion that we thought was going to be really good but then it wound up uh, making us move all over the country or making us travel too much and uh, and we just you know most of the time the bad decisions we make in life when we make them we don't realize that they were bad decisions or we probably wouldn't have made them now there's some stupid people that know it's a bad decision do it anyway but most of us when we make the decision, we think that it's right, we think that it's the best, and it's easy for other people to judge us as we walk past, and it's easy for us to judge ourselves and condemn ourselves, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of people, a lot of different seasons of life you find yourself in, circumstances you find yourself in, and you feel like, because of some of the reasons we mentioned and other other reasons beyond that, we feel like, where I'm at, what I'm doing, what I'm focused on, what my life is, where it's come from, uh, because of righteousness, unrighteousness, sin, not sin, good and bad, and foolishness, and wisdom, and uh, Every word you want to use and every reason you want to use, I just feel like that, that right now where I'm at, the situation, I'm in, the circumstance, I'm in, the job, I'm in, the marriage, I'm in, the relationship with my kids that I have, uh, where everything is, it just feels like there's a big disconnection between where I'm at right now, what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with, what, what's on my horizon versus God's plan or God's will or God's direction or what God's doing. It just seems like there's a big disconnect. And, 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 and a lot of times when we start talking about that, when you really ask questions, you go through this, you start, Well, God's just not really speaking to me. You know, I just feel like God's not really speaking. I feel like God's not not talking to me. I feel like God's not really leading me. You talk about God opening up doors. Well, you know, there seems to be options every day and and opportunities every day. You know, which ones are from the Lord and which ones aren't? I just feel like God's not not speaking to me. God's not opening up the door. There's things that I feel in my heart I want to do, but it's just not seeming that way. You know, and I just feel like God's not speaking to me. And and we start saying stuff that sounds really good. And I've even said stuff along the ways. And at some levels, there's truth in it. We say stuff like, uh, you know, if you're not hearing God speak or you're not hearing God lead you, then go back to the last time he was clear. And were you faithful with that or did you obey that? And and if you didn't, you need to go back and do that. Well, there's a level of truth to that. Uh, But sometimes too many years pass to go back. You can't go back and be faithful uh, to your first marriage now that you're on your third. It's funny because it's true, right? I mean, you you can't. You you can't sometimes. You can't go back and and redo being a father to the kids that you didn't raise. Like There there are many things in life that time erases the possibility of going back and being faithful with the moment. And so uh, there's a level of truth to that. But then then, then at the end of the day, you know, it's it's like, and people, you know, know, how how am I supposed to go back? Well, Well, you can't go back. And so you kind of are where you are, and so you just kind of get in this place where it's just like, okay, you know, I had my shot. I had my chance. You know, maybe this is what uh, the Bible's talking about. Maybe this is what Pastor Jordan was talking about. You know, I've, I've cho- I wasn't faithful. I didn't cross the river, and now I'm in the desert, and now I'm going to die, and this is it. So I might as well just have a blast while I'm out here with the camels. Right? Sometimes we get here, and we, we call a little midlife crisis. This is where we just kind of leave our family, go to Vegas. Mary stripper, buy a yellow Corvette and just throw everything away in a hell blaze of fun and glory. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> we just get to a place like that. It's not that we don't want to walk in God's path. It's not that we don't want to go in God's will. It's not that we don't, because sometimes you, you feel like when we start talking about God established in your life, well, if you're 60, you feel like, you know what? Most of it's already kind of been what it is. What now? And we just walk away with this idea that, that it's disconnected. That our circumstance, our situation, our life, it's too late. I've gone too far. I'm too far in the wrong direction. It's disconnected. But the reality of it is, is that I would, not, I, would, I would not only say that it's not disconnected. I would say that it is far more connected than you could ever understand or imagine. God said a thousand different ways. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The beauty of God, the mercy of God, the power of God is that, yeah, that first generation, they rejected God's uh, ways and his will, and they didn't cross, and they wanted to go to the desert, and they wanted to live out there, and they wanted to die, and that's exactly what they did. But God never left them. He went out to the desert with them. He still led them around by the cloud and the fire. He still provided them from the manna. He still was with them. This is the beauty of grace. This is the beauty of God. Is that even when you're exactly where you don't need to be, God is still there with you. But you feel in your heart, but where I'm at is disconnected from where I'm going. Or where I was supposed to go or what it was supposed to be. And I don't know how to get back. And and God's not speaking. God's not leading. God's not showing. And I would agree with you many times. I would agree many, many times with you that God's not speaking, that God's not giving clarity, God's not leading, God's not opening up the next door, God's not straightening the paths yet, God's not showing you, and I would agree that you may be in the wrong place. I would agree that you may be 10 years down the wrong path. You might not be in the job you're supposed to, and you might not uh, be doing what was supposed to, you, you might not, it, it, you might be right. But just because God's not speaking and just because you're in the wrong place doesn't mean that exactly where you are right now in this very moment isn't completely 100% connected to God's plan. And the reality that I, I want you to understand about this, the scripture that we just read was there's some, there's some very Telling, telling, revealing ideas here about God, about the way God operates, and about uh, the way that God, God moves in our life at times when we don't feel him or we don't, don't see him or we don't hear him. Because I, I want you to know this right here, the very first scripture that we read, it said that they took David out. Where was David? With the sheep. Wake up. Where was David? With the sheep. I want to say, what the flock, guys? You're not listening? But I won't. That might be inappropriate. Where was David? With the sheep. They bring him in with the sheep to be anointed as king. Then when he goes to get recruited to come play the harp, and in my mind, it's an electric guitar, but whatever. For the palace with Saul, where was he at? What was the last scripture? He was with the sheep. The flock. That's my favorite word. He was with the flock. He was with the sheep. He was out there when he was anointed king, and he was back out there when he was recruited for the next. He was with the sheep. He was with the flock. Here's the, here's the, the beauty, the reality of the situation. I want you to understand this, is that David was out with the sheep. When, when God, there's, there's no scripture, not in the Old Testament or the New. There's no uh, uh, scripture. We don't really see it in Psalms anywhere. Uh, there's nothing uh, to give any idea that God was talking to David, or leading David, or giving David clarity about his future while he was out with the sheep. Now, he was talking a lot about David to Samuel, and he was talking a lot about David uh, to King Saul, and he was talking a lot about David, and he was testifying a lot about David. Uh, he said that David was a man after his own heart, and he said that I have found a man that will do all of my will. Uh, he was talking about this faithful shepherd. He was talking about him. He was talking a lot about him behind his back. God does that sometimes. This is the reality of what I want you to understand, that God was not talking to David while he was with the sheep, while he was out in the field with the flock. But he was watching David the entire time. Just because God's not speaking doesn't mean that he's not there and doesn't mean that he's not watching. And this is the reality of it. Sometimes God is the closest to you when he's silent. You may not know this, but I am the closest to you when I'm not up here on this stage preaching. Because I'm somewhere out there acting like a little spy. Sneak in there and worship. Oh, you guys are like you hypocrite. You tell us we're gonna be late, we're gonna miss worship, and you sneak in there and worship? Yes. And I sneak in and I'll hide, and I'm sitting right behind people, and I always love. It's just a funny thing to me when they might turn around and then they're like, Wait. <laughs> That's not where you're supposed to be. And then they just smile at you real funny looking for a few minutes. I'm like, pay attention. Is this what you're doing? I'm preaching. Get off your phone. And I'm just kidding. Sometimes God is the closest to us when we're not Listen, we're not hearing, we're not. he's not speaking because he's there and he's watching. The reality of it is, and I want you to understand this, and I really want you to just, I'm going to say this and I want you to just think about it just for a second. God chose David to be king based off the way that he saw him acting as a shepherd long before he ever said a single word to him. Saul knew that there was a new king on the way before David did. Samuel knew that there was a new king on the way before David did. Everybody realized that there was a change coming before David. David never had an idea that he was going to be king. He was just out with the sheep. He was just out with the flock. And God was watching his faithfulness as a shepherd, which eventually led to his faithfulness as a king. God was watching him long before he started speaking. And I would argue that just because God's not speaking doesn't mean that where you are is not disconnected and i would argue that no matter where you are what circumstance you in, and how you wound up there god never leaves you he never forsakes you and he's right there with you so if he's not speaking it's because he's watching you ever, you ever watch that old movie congo from the 90s anybody remember with the grills before all the technology and there was a, they get up to that temple and the, the one guy says he's doing the hieroglyphics and he's reading and then he gets there and he's like it's the he gets this dramatic look on his face, and they were like, "What does it say?" And he goes, "We are watching you." That didn't terrify anybody else as a kid. <laughs> I was like seven or eight, terrified that gorillas were going to come through my house and kill me. But what if you just stopped right here and you had that moment with God? This is going to be a weird, weird game. But imagine where. <laughs> oh wherever you <laughs> wherever you were last night no matter what you were doing what if god was watching you <laughs> somebody's like uh <laughs> what if what if god is watching you for a reason not not to judge you or condemn you not to catch you like so many of the uh, views of the last couple generations of American Christianity, like he's up there like some kind of cop waiting on you to break the crime, do a crime, do something wrong, and come get you. But, but what, if, what if he's watching you, watching you, testing you, but not in a bad way? What if he's watching you to see how you handle what's in front of you? So he knows how to prepare you, how to teach you, how to develop you to know if you're ready for the next step to know if you're ready for the next phase to know if you're ready see it was it was the way that David acted as a shepherd that God knew that he was going to be a king i would say this point blank this and if you don't 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 listen to anything. I want, you, I want you to remember this. I believe at one God is always, always, always watching you. And, and wherever you are, in whatever circumstance you're in, whatever situation, whether it's small or it's great, whatever role you're in, whatever position you're in, it doesn't matter. He's watching you and what you're doing and how you're walking through and the faithfulness that you have right now in the moment, this circumstance, this situation with what's in front of you is extremely connected to your future. No matter what it is. God can tell a lot about you as a shepherd. He can tell a lot about how you'll lead a nation and be a king and sit on the throne by the way that you lead and provide and protect the sheep under you. He can tell a lot about you. And this is a reality that, that we don't sit well with because a lot of times what we think is that when we get in a situation or we get in a circumstance uh, that, that this situation, this circumstance is disconnected from God and God's not speaking, God's not leading, maybe I'm even in the wrong place. And so what, it really doesn't matter how I handle it or what I do right here. And I would say that it absolutely 100% matters more than you could ever imagine that God's watching you to see how you handle the sheep. I think that God was watching to see how he handled the lion because God knew that one day he would be standing before a giant. I think that God was watching uh, the way that he handled the rejection from his fathers and his brothers to see how he would handle the rejection of the entire nation for so many years. I, th- I think he was seeing how he would, how he would provide uh, for a few sheep as his brother insulted him, uh, insultedly reminded him several different times how faithful he was with the few sheep to know how faithful he would be with, with the kingdom as a whole years and years and years later. You can tell a lot about a person and it really matters. Because I think sometimes, and I want you to understand this idea of God watching you. It's not just in this moment. It's not just in this situation. It's something you see from Genesis to Revelation. If you even start talking about prayer, the reality of the way that Jesus teaches about prayer. Now, this may not be the way you were taught about prayer. And this may not be uh, the way that your church, you grew up and talk about prayer or wherever you come from or what you think. But Jesus, the way Jesus taught about prayer was this. He said, listen, there are ways that you can actually pray that's not really praying at all. You're just, you're just acting in front of somebody. You're just putting it out there. You're just standing in the street corner, standing in the synagogues and lifting your hands and you look like an idiot. And it means nothing. And he says, but if you really want to know how to pray, if you really want to pray uh, and walk in prayer and ha- be a man and a woman of prayer, and live, he said, think about the, the telling nature of this teaching that Jesus gives us in Matthew about prayer. He goes, when you pray, you go into a room, you close the door behind you and you pray to your father who is unseen or your father who is in secret and your father sees what is done in the unseen or in the secret place, and he rewards. sees what is done. Now, you make, I want you, just just listen to me. What if God doesn't actually ever listen to you? If you've been walking with God long and you have an ounce of humility, you will thank God. Because think about all this stupid, ridiculous junk that you pray for. Do you Think about the miserable life you would be living. Think about the disastrous life, the horrible life that you and your family would be existing in if God listened and answered all of your prayers the way you wanted them. Just sit there for a second. I thank God every day. The, the closer I get to God, the more I walk with God, I thank God every day that he doesn't listen to me. Oh, man. But he says he sees what is done. He's looking at the position of the heart. He's looking at how you're handling. He's looking at it when you come into a room and you close the door behind you and you begin to pray. It doesn't really matter what comes out of your mouth. In fact, Jesus even says in the same exact dialogue, he says, don't babble on like the pagans because God already knows every single thing you already need. The power is not really in the words of what you're saying. The power is that you truly, the position of your heart, you walk into a room, you close the door behind you because you care about what the Father thinks. You care about what the Father's desire is. You care about what the Father's will is. You want to do things the right way. You want to go the right direction. You want, you want to acknowledge him and honor him and, 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 and get his spirit to lead us and to guide us. You come in with your heart and he sees. He's not listening to the junk that's coming out of your mouth because the Bible says two or three times, most of the time, you won't even know what to pray or the right things to pray or the right things to say. There's a power in the idea of God seeing what is happening in the moment, seeing and rewarding based off the, the reality of the heart of the position as you come in and, and you're simply praying, not what you're saying. Oh, God, give me more money. Oh, God, give me a back. God, provide for me in this situation. God, give this, God, this, God, that. Give me this. Give me that. Give me this. Give me that. Oh, like. It's just like, I, in my mind, in my mind, I feel like that if, if, if God even pretended to listen and give us the things that we say, I just, feel like, I just feel like it wouldn't take but a couple days or weeks, and we would just be destroyed, miserable. But there's power in the reality that God's watching, God's seeing what you're doing, and he's watching for a reason. If he's not speaking, if he's not leading, if he's not giving you clarity, It's for a reason. It's for a reason, and I want you to understand the power of this. And I, I Just just for a second, I want you to say, whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance, right now in this moment, the power of David and what David had and the things that God said about David. He's a man after my own heart. He'll do all of my will. God looked not at the things that David was saying, not really even at the things that he was necessarily doing, but he looked at the heart. He looked at what, he was, what, what was going on in his heart and his mind and the why behind what he was doing. And he said, this guy, this little shepherd, this little short shepherd boy, rejected by his fathers, rejected by his brothers in the lowest family in Israel that nobody has a clue about, his heart is in the right place. He wants to do my will. He wants to honor me, and he's honoring me, and he's being faithful as a shepherd so I know that when he's king, he'll honor, and he will shepherd well as king. And there's power in this. And so I just, let's just pretend for a second that the Bible's true uh, and that you've only been alive for 30 to 60 years and you're not the God of the universe and that you have some things to learn and that it matters what Scripture says. Just for a fun little game, just pretend just for a second. What's going on in your life? What is God seeing in your life? When God's watching, what is he seeing? What's he looking at? Are you being faithful with what's in front of you? And the go-to right here, right now, is, is uh, you know, are you, being, are you being the light of the world right where you are? Are you being a city on a hill, the salt of the earth? Are you witnessing to your employees? Are you, are you, are you, are you going through and handing Bibles out at your company? Are you annoying the bejesus out of everybody around you in the name of Jesus? Think about it. Do you know, I, it, there's sometimes, there's certain people, no, no, no I'm not going to mention any names. There's certain people when they're like, i am inviting everybody around me to church. I'm like, please quit. <laughs> and she said to invite everybody. I didn't say annoy them, scare them, terrify them, knock on their door at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> right? We, we could go down. Are, are, you, are you being faithful in your job? You know, are you, are, you, are you honoring God in your job? We could go down that road and the purpose road and this road, but, but it's, it's smaller than that. It's deeper than that. Are you honoring God? Are you being faithful with the sheep in front of you? Are you being faithful with what's in front of you? Are you handling the criticism that's coming your way right now? Because God can tell a lot about who you're going to be based off how you handle things right now. And he knows what you need. Uh, God can tell a lot about how you would manage a million dollars by the way that you manage a hundred dollars. And God knows that he can't even pretend to give you a million dollars until he teaches you how to handle a hundred dollars. He knows a lot about the type of boss you'll be based off the type of employer you are right now. He knows the type of leader you'll be or how you'll handle authority based off how you treat the authority above you right now. If you can't be led, I promise you that you cannot lead. Sometimes it's this reality. Can you handle the criticism that comes your way? Just just so everybody understands, uh, Terry Broom, she's not as nice as you all think she is. <laughs> and I made a promise to her that I would make this fit in a message at some point. I'm holding true to my word right now. Terry Terry Broom hurt my feelings a few weeks ago. I hurt my ankle about two years ago, really bad. And I wasn't able to to work out and do some of the things that I normally done. I started getting real plumpy. I didn't like it, and my ankle started healing up, and I started in November last year. I started, I'm going to start running. That was one of my big goals this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a runner, and I'm going to start running. It's one of the only things that I can do, and I really can't play basketball anymore because I can't risk messing my ankle up, and and it's just a lot of things. So I've really been confined to really just one or two things, and running's one of them, and that's why I started running. And At first, I started running. I just got on the little soccer field down here at the Methodist Church, and I just kicked a little soccer ball back and forth and just kind of started jogging because I hadn't really moved in like two years, so I felt like a baseball and like a, like a little... Chunky little thing, and and I was just trying to kind of go through, and then I started running a half mile and then a mile, and then as it as progressed on, and just a couple weeks ago I was running, uh, I was running a five-mile run, I was doing a five-mile run. It wasn't that fast, but I was running, and Terry called in the middle of it, and I I turned it on, I listened. Are we talking? I was kind of I was kind of breathing heavy and I got to the end of it. And uh, and she says, What are you doing? I was like, Oh, I'm running. She was like, I ran, I ran five miles. First off, she laughed. That was her first response. <laughs> and she says something like, Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm really running five miles. And then I don't care what she says now. This is the next thing that she said or what I heard, what destroyed me. And she goes, based off the way you look, I just didn't think you could run five miles. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> but really, sometimes, listen, sometimes God watches how you handle criticism because if, I'm telling you right now, if you can't handle criticism, you'll never do anything with your life. What should be a 10-minute conversation of you having a little bit of criticism in your life because you can't take criticism, because you can't learn? Because if you can't take criticism, you can't grow, you can't learn, you can find who you are and who you are. Don't cut it. And you can't take criticism, so what should have been a 10-minute conversation turns into a 10-year process of pruning. That's why God hadn't talked to him because you don't know how to take criticism and so he's having to take the long way teaching you how to stop being so arrogant. Teaching you that you don't know everything in the whole world. Teaching you that just because it pops in your brain doesn't mean that it's right. Teaching you just because some prophet told you that you would be king that it's a time for you to get the ball. Let's speed the process up, God. That's the, the to me the, the greatest thing about David was that he came out from the field after being rejected by everybody. Samuel said, You're gonna be king, and he went right back to the field. See, some of you guys, you get just a little bit of applause. Somebody tells you something, you get something in your head. Give me the ball coach, and now your whole life's because if they could just hear me. If they could just see me, if I could just get that promotion, if I could just do it, I'd be able to change What? No, you wouldn't. you destroy everything in your path. You're arrogant. You absolutely have no idea what you're doing. And because you took the ball and you want to go point at Elab and the other brothers and be like, ha-ha, leave me out of the party. I'm the king. Nothing. Nothing. See, God, God watches. See, God watched the way that David handled a little bit of success with Goliath. Goliath was a moment. But God knew that at some point, all the single ladies would be standing outside the palace by the thousands singing songs about David. And as he was coming in from war, David kills his ten thousands and Saul his thousands. See, God understood. He knew that that if he can't take a little bit of applause, a little bit of notoriety for Goliath, he'll never be able to make it all the way to the throne. See, God's always watching see god's allowing these little enemies to come into your life to attack your reputation just a little bit to see if you'll trust them with your reputation see the reality of it is, is that you can only be faithful with your character and you have to trust god with your reputation but if you get in one of these, one of these people like i used to be five six years ago when, when people would come in and say something ridiculous they would watch a two-minute sermon clip and then call me everything in the book say i'm a prosperity preacher i'm like Bro, have you even heard me preach I got a ton of faults, but that ain't one of them. And I wanna be on there and I'm like, Dear idiot. In Genesis 11, wonders. and now that some of our sermon clips are going out by the thousands, I'd be up all night long, Dear moron number 41. But I had to learn. I had to learn how to handle because God, God knew, God knew if you can't take one comment, you'll never be able to handle 10,000 comments. If you can't handle the little platform you're on, you'll never be able to handle the bigger platform. If you, if you can't handle one, loving one little act of betrayal, you would never be able to sit at the table with Judas, knowing that he's going to hand you over to die and give him bread and feed him and love him. Hey, I'm telling you, 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 you just you don't get it. If, if you can't forgive her for that one little lie or that one little sin or that one little thing, your marriage doesn't have a shot. Just because you said I do doesn't mean you're a husband. It just means you said I do. doesn't mean you're good. doesn't mean you're great. Just because you have kids doesn't make you a father. See, I, th- I think we, we, we think like, oh, oh I, I take care of them and I, and I do this. I mean, so do wombats. Wolves' natural instinct is to protect their children. See, this is the reality, God's watching because God, want, God wants to bless you, he wants to strengthen you. And see, well, let's just get through, let's bring them today. There's dads in the room right now, I know. There's dads in the room and you, you want a relationship with your kids and you made some mistakes and there's a divide and you're praying and you're asking God, what well, make men the relationship, let me get a second chance. Are you any different than the way you were 15 years ago? You already screwed them over once. You think the father of the universe is going to allow you to do that again? God knows a lot about the type of wife you'll be based off the type of girlfriend you are right now. If you're dishonest, if you're not faithful, if you're not vulnerable, if you're not yourself, the little damage that you'll cause as a girlfriend will be massive destruction as a wife. God's watching. Are you faithful in the moment? Are you faithful with the tragedy in your life? Are you faithful with the criticism? Are you faithful with the hatred? Are you faithful with the promotion? Are you faithful with the success? Are you faithful? Are you faithful in this one moment, in this one situation, this one circumstance? The beauty of God is, yeah, you may have gone 10 years in the wrong direction, but God's right there with you, and he's waiting on you to be faithful with what's in front of you right now. I don't care if it's your second marriage or your 10th marriage. Start being faithful right now with what's in front of you. I don't care what the job is. Maybe that is the wrong job, but be faithful with it right now. Maybe you're in the wrong direction, but be faithful with it right now. And this is, this is the power, the beauty of God, is that you could be 20 years in the wrong place, but if you're faithful in that moment, God has this unique and crazy ability. To what took you 20 years, takes him 20 seconds to bring you right back. That's the power of God. Sometimes being faithful is being faithful in your job and being the light of the world. Sometimes being faithful is taking criticism, learning and moving on. Sometimes being faithful is being hated. And loving them anyway moving on sometimes being faithful is is not needing more money or wanting more money but learning how to handle the money you have right now sometimes being faithful is not wishing you had a bigger house but being thankful just being learning to be content with what you have right now that's one of the greatest acts of faithfulness in modern america could you just be content with what you have right now for the love of all that is holy how much more could you possibly need and if you're not content with what he's given you right now, why on earth would he screw your life up by giving you more? See, I could, you could go on all day. God's watching, not in a bad way, not in a negative way, but in a great way. He's watching for his glory and he's watching for your good. And if he's not speaking, it's because he's watching and he's waiting. you to be faithful with what's in front of you right now in this moment right now in this moment will you fight faithfully love faithfully lead faithfully follow faithfully raise your kids faithfully manage your money faithfully? will you be faithful with what's in front of you because i promise if you're faithful with what's in front of you No matter where you are, I believe, no matter where you are, you will immediately be in God's will. And then God will prune you and discipline you and start to straighten the paths and give you clarity. And before you know it, you'll be head deep, exactly where you need to be, exactly where you were always supposed to be. In Corinthians, the Bible says that we have access to many things. The scriptures says point blank. All things are ours. And it goes through and it mentions just about every facet of life, even life and death and eternity. There's only one facet of life that it says that we don't have, and it's not ours and we don't have access to, and that is the past. No matter where you are right now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you got there. doesn't matter how long it took you to get there. doesn't matter how deep the hole is or how far off the path you are. It doesn't matter if you will stop where you are right now and start being faithful with the sheep that's in your life. Be faithful with the position that's in your life. Faithful with the marriage right now that's in your life. Faithful with the kids that are in your life. Faithful with the money that's in your account. Faithful with whatever it is, whatever circumstance or situation right now. Humble yourself before God and be faithful right now. And God will start to do miracles in your life. And He will just turn you before you know it, you'll be exactly where you were always supposed to be. Are you faithful with what's in front of you? Because God is watching. If you guys are still-